Oof. As How does I, that uh, even happen? So in college, I passed out on a trampoline without a shirt. <laughs> of course you did. Hello and welcome to the EDH RecCast, brought to you by the best deck building site on the web for the commander format, EDH Rec. My name is Joey Schultz and I'm joined today, in the real life, by my lovely co-hosts. First up, the speedster whose article series takes you from 60 to 100, it's the real life in person, Matt Morgan. And with real life in person dad jokes, so Joey, <laughs> why do golfers wear two pairs of pants? I would love to know why do golfers wear two pairs of pants. In case they get a hole in one. That's because oh, it's no. a golf term. That means you hit the ball no, into Matt, the hole. Matt, if that joke had a power and toughness, it would be a one ten, as in a one out of ten. The best part about this though is, is like in person now, I can see how delighted Matt is at his own dad jokes. He's absolutely smitten with these jokes. That's fantastic. It is true. And next, you can hear also in the real life the man whose articles remind you to look in the margins, Dana Roach. I do indeed put the magic in magic fast. <laughs> And I'm Joey Schultz, author of the Commander Showdown series. All these articles and more can be found at EDHREC.com, along with some awesome featured community content, such as other Commander podcasts and gameplay videos. EDHREC itself is a fantastic deck-building resource that compiles data from deck lists all over the internet to provide helpful recommendations for new Commander decks. And here on the EDHREC cast, we're going to give all that data a little more context. Guys, we did it! We're in real life person, we've met each other, this is weird! We're making eye contact right now. We are. We're recording in a hotel room it's, with a microphone on the bed. We're, yeah, it's deeply uncomfortable to look <laughs> at their faces while we talk. Like, I just sort of assume that I look at my microphone while podcasting and then sound eventually comes out and it sounds like Matt Morgan. But no, he is a real person. I can confirm he's not three raccoons in a trench coat. I, I, we call that the Muppet, where like <laughs> right, the, the Muppets right. stand on each other's shoulders and, and make one body. Or you put three Lanowar Elves together on one card and, and you, you make it a triple <laughs> Lanowar Elf. Gigantowar. Oh my goodness. It was really great actually meeting you guys for the first time when you picked me up from the airport because there was just these two dudes frantically waving in a car. <laughs> we, I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely we them. Were, we were super psyched. We, we, were, we had alternate plans, but Joey's flight was delayed, so it, it threw a wrench in our travel plans. We were going to show up wearing Jimmy Buffett Hawaiian <laughs> shirts and I long was, socks. I wanted to get a big floppy hat. Just to keep my head safe from the sun. And I would have no idea that that's not how you dress normally. Exactly. That's (laughs) would have been the the best first impression ever. Trying to keep a straight face and like act serious would have been the challenge, but (laughs) it would have been worth it. So suffice it to say, listeners, we are actually meeting in person, and we have played a lot of Commander at Magic Fest Kansas City. It has been an absolute blast, and we thought that today we would just spend a little bit of time talking about all the awesome games that we play and the cards that we saw and the people we played against and how just stinking cool it was to play that much EDH. Yeah, I mean, it's it's relatively easy to theorycraft all this stuff, but, like, to play that many games in a really tight stretch... How many games? If you had to guess, how many games you played today? I, at one point, I counted my games starting... Because we got here Thursday night before you did. So between Thursday night and tonight, I played over 20 games at some point. Some point over 20. I'm not sure where. But I counted I was over 20 earlier in the evening. And that's like within a 24-hour period. Like, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. Well, between between getting here Thursday, playing on Friday, going to the center, playing, playing on Saturday. Saturday. I, I, oh, I, I want to say I think 20 is low-balling it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that but, was, but maybe maybe today and like the second half of Friday, it might be sure. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, so many games, so much fun. And uh, it's in the point where I would think that, like, oh, I'm magicked out, I can't do any more. No, I want to play more games. I, I hit a point, like, four in the afternoon today where I was really, because because yes. <laughs> at one point, Matt Messer, he's like, oh, Nina's looking pretty rough over there. But I bounced back, I was feeling pretty good after that then. I, I had a rebound and knocked out six more games, I think, after that point. Yeah, Dana was stuck in, like... It had to be at least two hours, maybe two and a half. It was a long game. It was a long game. It was a slog, and so yeah. I just looked over and just I saw the joy. And I think it was falling a, from behind and, his eyes. And it was a five-person game too, so those that, that like you that much longer to wait until your turn. It, it is amazing how adding a single person yeah. to a four-player pod can add on like an entire extra hour. That is very very crazy. Well, and if I'm playing in my shop or something, I will just not play a five player game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a thing like this when like somebody comes up who you don't know and it's yeah. a stranger, you like I don't want to have somebody sit and say, "Well, just wait an hour and we'll see what happens." Yeah. So we so I did at least two five player games today just well, for that reason. Well, but that's what yeah. was also so awesome was meeting so many folks who were fans of the cast who wanted to play games with us. That was yeah. just a yeah. very surreal experience and it was just so much fun because there were so many cool people that we met who had so many cool decks. Yeah, I, when I think you missed one of the, the fun parts, we had a listener come up to us and they came up to me and said, uh, when we were talking, we were mid-game, they're like, oh, hey, what's going on, Matt? I was like, what? Do huh? I know you? Pardon? <laughs> Do I know you? Pardon? <laughs> and then, and then the, the, we, Dana started talking and they're like, oh, you know, looked at Dana and kind of knew what was going on. And maybe five minutes later he said, so where's Joey? Where's, right, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I kind of looked at him and was like, oh, no, he, we're going to go get him tomorrow and uh, it'll be good. Or get him later today, whatever. And uh, it, it was just, it was very weird. Like I said, when we were on John Dunning's show, I don't feel like I'm extra qualified to be doing anything sure. in public. And so when people <laughs> recognized me by, by, by my voice, it was a little, it was jarring, but it was a very good, like, oh, I'm, yes, let's, let's hang out, let's talk. Well, well, seeing Joey be genuinely shocked when someone asked him to autograph a card was pretty yes. cool. Yes, I am what, still what shocked. Ca- what card, because it was, it was one of our super fans, Josh, that had everybody sign their stuff. What cards did he have you guys sign? Uh, the card that he asked me to or sign. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it was Scott. It was Scott. That Scott, asked, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, the card that he asked me to sign was one I had never heard of before, and to my shame, it is a card that brings creatures out of the graveyard. Yeah, it's a black necromancy card. I'm like, how am I, like, I, I, that's not even okay for me to not know what this card does. It was called Bone Dancer. It is the weirdest thing. One black black, two two, it is a zombie creature that allows you to put the top creature card of defending player's graveyard into play under your control instead of dealing combat damage to that player when it hits them. You can only use that when it hit them instead of dealing damage. It's like it's so weird and it's so beautiful and it cares about graveyard order which is not <laughs> usual. But I was like this is the best thing and then he asked me to sign it and I was like I'm sorry, what? I'm still dealing with the fact that there's a card I don't know. You want my signature too? One of th- that was weird but awesome. Well, it was an old weatherlight card, wasn't it? Like it's it was yeah, very yeah, it was old. some old yeah, it was an old set. I don't even remember which one it was from, but I it mean, was old. It's a card that needs to go get now, is what it is. Yeah, what I was, about I was you? Wondering guys? if you're gonna put it in any decks, but yeah. I yeah. signed a Reki History Kamigawa. Yes, which felt pretty on point. That was pretty cool to do for sure. Yeah, he he had me sign in a, a Mara Soul the Accord. So. Oh, nice, dude. He knows us. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we've got a stalker. <laughs> I, I think it's it's pretty obvious. You have to listen to about twenty minutes of an episode. <laughs> All right, so let's actually get into some fun moments from games. We played a bunch of games with a bunch of listeners with epic decks and even more epic cards that I'd never heard of. What were some standout moments for you, fellas? 
Well, I would have started the most recent one, and this one actually involves Joey. Yeah, I knew you were um, going to start with this. <laughs> who was playing it, and this isn't really a misplay, like, not really your fault. It, it was, number one, we were playing in a bar after we had eaten dinner, and it was kind of dark, and you were playing a deck you weren't familiar with on your end. Right, I was playing your co-host on CMDR Central, Max. I was playing his Regnan Krav deck, bunch of life gain, really cool. And you had a ton, of tokens, familiar. You had a ton of tokens going on, so you had a, a really jam-packed board state, and you played Aetherflux Reservoir. Right. And went to kill another player with Reservoir. Yeah. And forgot I had a Spellskite out. Very much forgot, yes. <laughs> in, in Joey's defense, though, I forgot that Aetherflux Reservoir says any target. I just thought it was target player loses 50 life, but no, it's damage. Yeah, pay 50, um, deal 50 to anything. I obliterated that spell skite after you, you redirected it, though. I was like, oh, I'm going to pay 50 life to off that player over there. And then Dana was like, oh, no, I like him. He can stay around. That guy's nice. It's, it's, well, I had even beforehand, and Joey was like, do I, do I use the reservoir now and, and kill you? I was like, just kill him. And it was the game over <laughs> I was just like talking to myself, and, and Dana's like, yeah, just do, yeah, it. do the thing. <laughs> do the on. thing that will cause you to misplay. Gosh. Dana's devious. Watch out, guys. I tell you what, though, that is not the only interesting that, thing that happened there with Aetherflux Reservoir, though. One of the first games that we played, I busted out the <laughs> Feather Deck, and yeah. I have a copy of Aetherflux Reservoir in that Feather Deck, because mine is a bit more of a, a Storm style for that deck. And... Some weird shenanigans happened. This was also in a game with Max, and he had a Mirage Mirror out, and I believe you eventually got one as well. He copied my Aetherflux Reservoir at the point that he got it 55 life, paid 50 life to deal 50 damage to me. In response, I cast like four instants and then gained enough life, four or five instants or whatever, to gain enough life to also then, in response, pay my 50 life after all of the life that I gained from the Aetherflux Reservoir to then hurdle 50 damage back at him. Upon which, Dana was like, well, I also have a Mirage Mirror, <laughs> and this Tezzerite got me a bunch of life, so maybe I'll join the party too. So then he made one, and paid 50 life, and then obliterated me as well. There was so much Aetherflux reservoiring. Yeah. There was so much of it this weekend, and that is just not something I anticipated. Well, that, that was also the same game where I had to choose between two decks that have clear draw abilities to put a Psychic Possession on, yeah. And I chose to put it on Joey so I would draw cards <laughs> off the Boros player. Off the Boros player. Well, that yeah. was weird. And I drew so many cards off that feather deck. That was, yeah, That it is not every day that you see the the psychic possession on a Boros player because they're the ones who are drawing a bunch of cards. That is that is great. Honestly, though, I might have to put Psychosis Crawler into that deck with how many cards I was drawing. Yeah, oh, you drew a ton of I cards. might need to go and do yeah. that right now. Now that I've actually gotten a chance to play her out in the wild. Matt, what about you? What were some... Fun moments. Well, I learned that Valduk has partner. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> he does. Um, Valduk has partner with Perforos because I don't think there was a game where it didn't have a Hero's Blade and a Perforos both just by just drawing into it. There was one game actually, Dane and I were playing, and Perforos was doing, or not Perforos, Valduk was doing his thing, getting a lot of creatures out. I had an Impact Tremors out, I remember, because yeah. the other players were like, okay, this is getting really annoying because it's like five, six damage a turn. So, Dana goes to Chaos with my Valdor. I went to solve the problem. <laughs> but little did he know that Perforos would get flipped out. That was what the Chaos War flipped but, yeah. into was Perforos. And so it was great because... The, so you just recast Valdor. Yeah, just recast Valdor and went about my business. It was really fun. I, I didn't win that game. Um, we ended up getting Crater Hoof Behemoth for like a thousand yeah. Yeah, that was by brutal. the Elves player, but... It was just, it was such a funny moment because, like, the exact card that you want with Valduk that was just it. happened to come out off of a, off of Chaos Warp. I also saw somebody call a Nev's Disc off a of Chaos Warp 
Um, somebody chaos warps something that person's like, I really could use a Nev, Nev's disc right here, and shuffles it up and hands it to somebody to cut and gets it back and flips the Nev's disc right into play. Wow. Ba- Babe Ruth. Yeah, it was Call yeah, shots. Yeah, that is excellent. That's fantastic. I think probably just like on the subject of, oh, the top of the deck, something amazing happened in a game that we played with Andrew, who writes the uh, Ultra Project Brew series on yep. EDH Rec, and a player named Alexis, she had cast Approach of the Second Sun, which, you know, gains you seven life, goes back seven into your library, and then if you cast it again, you win the game because you've already cast a, a spell named Approach of the Second Sun. This got weird and complicated and cool, but basically none of us could do anything about that. We, she was drawing, like, a handful of extra cards off of, like, a Heatran Archive or something. Like, she was getting back to that Approach of the Second Sun, and we knew that we were doomed as soon as she played it, because we were just at a point where we would not be able to stop it. And then Andrew busts out, after, like, he's keeping track, he's like, oh, I think Approach of the Second Sun's, like, third from the top now. Okay, he busts out a card that I've never seen before in his Maze's End deck. This spell is called Clear the Land. Two and a green sorcery. Each player reveals the top five cards of his or her library, puts into play tapped, all lands revealed this way, and removes the rest from the game. It was the weirdest and best solution I had ever possibly seen to an approach of the second sun. Like, how niche is that? Because she flipped the top five, had to exile the approach of the second sun, got a couple of lands, and in the meantime, Andrew's over there cackling because he just got three gates, which is going to start triggering his <laughs> mazes end. It was phenomenal, and it destroyed the approach win con. I, in a way, just, I did not anticipate. We thought we were doomed, and he had this weird green spell that just won everything. It was it, crazy making. Having played many games with Andrew, he is king of finding the most <laughs> random and obscure cards and making them just absolutely crazy good. Like it, That was one thing I thought was really fun this weekend, too, was uh, Joey, your buddy Chris came, who mm-hmm. you guys played a lot of Magic. Dana, Max came, who you do CMDR Central with, and then uh, Andrew, um, who I've played a lot with. It was funny seeing like our Magic best friends. All playing together. Playing all, yeah, all playing sure. together. Because like we, we've talked about it, all of our decks, like I don't think there was a game where I sat down with either of you and I was surprised necessarily by what it was right. like. Because we've talked about our own decks, we've, yeah. never, <laughs> right. we've never played a, right. these decks together. So like I wasn't really surprised, but seeing you know our like our, our companions there doing that, it was really fun to see it just was. interacting yeah. with everybody and and yeah, I, it was just a really fun experience. But seeing just the the dynamics and. You know, I would play against Max, and Dana would look at me. He's like, "Yep, that's that's kind of what Max does." Or Joe, you did the same with Chris. You're like, "Oh, well, I don't know this, but you do." So yeah, hearing hearing you say that, I had that reaction of, "Well, yeah, if you play against Andrew, you're gonna have cards like <laughs> right. that. That's just gonna happen." All right. Any other cool moments stand out? Really fun moments that occurred from games this weekend? Honestly, there was just so many games. It's like hard to pick out one specific thing. I just saw a lot of great plays. There was constantly either plays and games I made or I would get like the table behind me you just hear oh like <laughs> yeah. people erupting and laughter at some other crazy thing that happened it was just constantly games like that and it was a yeah. really 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 good time oh yeah full of amazing classic this formats the best in magic moments because you're just doing enormous enormous stuff I looped Grey Merchant of Asphodel four times in one turn with some <laughs> absolute Micaeus shenanigans which was beautiful I loved every moment of it. Uh, treacherous terrain that was then copied with Fury Storm for four treacherous terrains to deal damage equal to four times however many lands everyone else had. That was also beautiful. Uh, <laughs> playing constant mists, like I think three times around to 
like stave off and try and survive. That was the thing that ended up happening. Just so many big commander classic things that you like can only dream of, but they definitely happened. It was absolutely bonkers and so much fun. Yeah, I had a, I actually had a really awkward moment where I was we were playing with a listener, and I was playing my Niv Mizzet deck, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you, you got the the curiosity combo in there, right?" He's like, "No, I don't I don't think so. Like I don't. That's not really like I don't like winning on the spot like that necessarily." And then a few turns later, I drew Curiosity because I, I forgot that I left it in the deck. Ouch. So I, like, shoehorned myself into, like, well, I can't cast this game. <laughs> well, um, pass the turn. Like, and, and there were probably, like, five or six moments in that game for the rest of the time that I could have just won on the spot. I'm like, I, but I can't well, know. I forgot about that thing that I said I wasn't playing, but it turns out order. I am. Turns out I lost that game, but... <laughs> you're mad, you're as far as well, until we listen to the podcast this episode, uh, <laughs> I don't have curiosity. Right? Okay. So. All right. I think one of my also favorite moments, Dana, was when we accidentally conspired to kill Matt. Uh, he, excuse me, not Matt. Max, your co-host. Max. Oh no! You, yes. There was no accidentally conspiring to kill me. Joey just did. It. We went right. That is true. <laughs> I killed Matt on purpose, but Max, we killed on accident. What were you even attacking with him with? It was like a full table thing that you didn't even see coming. Yeah, it was a. I don't even remember what it was, and the whole reason I was attacking him because I do a little bit of damage, but I wanted to then berserk the creature. Right. So then I could like momentous it, fall it. I think to draw or, a ton of cards. Or like there was some death trigger on it that you wanted to take advantage of. It was yeah. my crush deck. I'm fairly sure. <laughs> right. So I draw a ton of cards, and then the counters would go on crash. They would double up. Right. Exactly. I think that might have been it. Lifeblood Hydra yeah. or something yes. like that. So you attacked him, and I was like, oh, well, you know, it'd be cute. I've got Got this Douthy Embrace over here to give that creature shadow, so it's gonna be unblockable. There's nothing Max can do. It's six damage, who cares? Then it turns out Dana plays Berserk to double its power. And then in response to the Berserk cast, the the fourth player's like, oh well, I'll just give it, and I can't remember what she used. Give it plus four plus oh, or something. charm or something. I can't it was like remember an what extra it was. plus yeah. two or plus four or whatever, but then Berserk doubled the power, and Max was like, wait. Wait, I'm dead. wait, I'm dead. <laughs> wait, that's my life total. No, I'm dead. And we were like, oh, crap, what have we done? And then we look over at fourth player and she's just like giggling like, behind like, her like hand of laughing, charms right. in her deck. It's just like, uh, yeah, it was absolutely crazy moments. And that was so much fun. Were there any trends that you guys noticed while you were playing? Anything that you noticed in a, I mean, we played like, what, 20, 30 games? Yeah. Were there stuff I mean, that you saw today, quite yeah. common? Uh, Smothering Tide is everywhere. Everywhere. And it is yeah. so great. It is crazy powerful, and I probably need to get like three more copies. The comment I made when we were coming to record here was, it, you realize how powerful it is when it's on someone else's board state and you want to remove it, but I felt like every time someone played it, there was something else scarier I had to deal with. Yeah. I'd have a beast within in hand, and I'd be like, they just played Smothering Tithe, but I, I can't, I know I need to deal with that planeswalker that's about to ult off or something. Right, the the thing that kills you now, whereas Smothering Tithe kills you later. Sort and then of deal. It, you also hit that point with it too, where like, okay, so you didn't deal with it for three turns for whatever reason because there were bigger threats, and now they're at 12 treasure tokens, and then you're like, well... Moot point. It doesn't matter at this point, I might as well just focus on something else other than they clearly have all the mana they need. Yeah, I accept that from this point on they have forever, like, functionally infinite mana. Right. It re yeah, it really is. Like, there were a couple games... I, I think I had a, a utter utter end in my hand because I was playing my Taste of Karlov deck, and I w was going to kill Joey Smothering Tithe, but instead Feather got a, a vow of flight. Was it the, yeah. the creature gets plus two plus two and flying and can't attack the owner? Right. I was like, well, Joey already attacked me once, so he's probably gonna do it again, and I'm dead if he does. So like, I had to hold up mana, and and I mean, I ended up dying anyways. But like, I wanted to kill Smothering Tithe, but there, 
things that were actually going to kill me instead of just enabling getting killed. So, yeah, it, it was a very powerful card that just, yeah, it, it effectively is infinite mana. You are 100% correct. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't say, like, functionally infinite or, or whatever, but, like, that, all the mana they're going to need, they're going to play all right. the spells. Like, yeah. But when I was playing my Shu Yun deck, even, I had Monastery Mentor, and I drew probably, like, seven, eight cards in one turn. Right. And Joey's like, okay, are you going to pay the two on any of these? <laughs> I was like, no. And he just starts putting all of his yeah. dice out there. I was like, well... Yeah. Well, now I want to. Yeah, that was a good... Yeah, you want to pay for it after they've already done the thing. Oh, man. that's Yeah, that card is definitely gross. A thing that I saw a lot uh, was the card Lignify. You enchant a creature, that creature turns into a 0-4 with no ability. It's sort of a green version of Darksteel Mutation. That's not a thing that I've seen a whole lot in my personal metas back home. But I saw it quite often when we were playing games here. Um, particularly because people would keep doing things like, you know, enchanting my feather. Which I did not appreciate. <laughs> I kept on putting stuff on my creatures, and they're real good. That's why I played them in my deck, and then they were zero four tree folks with no abilities that did nothing, and I, I was sad. And that, that's probably uh, because I run that card in a couple different decks. I know Max does. So by playing with us, definitely just from us, in addition to other people, you see, yeah. you see cards that other metas play that yours doesn't, which is a really good reason to do these things too. If you want to look at it like a learning experience. You get to see cards that you wouldn't otherwise see that might be considered normal tech in some other environments. Yeah, absolutely. Any other standouts for you guys? I've got one more, but I definitely want to know I if there are other I have one more just because I've had it on my mind when the Elder Spell was first previewed and we first talked about it. I remember having the conversation. like I felt like maybe at two mana it's worth it to just run in a deck even if you have no plan. Even if you have no Planeswalkers, like maybe we're at the point in time now where there's enough Walkers and Commander that... Being able to kill all of them, essentially, for mm -hmm. two mana is worth it. So I put it in a couple decks, and I've been kind of testing it for that reason. Mm. I've seen it, I saw it four times this weekend. Three times there were no, I did not have a Planeswalker in play, so it was just a kill spell. But every time I top decked it, there was a Planeswalker in play, nice. and it was worth two mana to just kill that one Planeswalker. See, I, I actually kind of had the opposite. I, I, I don't think I saw, outside of my own Sahili because um, I had it in my Shuyun deck and Niv-Mizzet. Um, a buddy of mine, he was playing my Niv-Mizzet deck, and the only time I ever think I saw Planeswalkers in those games was the Sahili in my own decks. Okay. Uh, and a, a single Jace Wilder sure. of Mysteries um, in Niv-Mizzet as well, but I don't think I saw really any other Planeswalkers. Um, I think there was one game where there was a Xenagos Planeswalker, and that was it. Interesting. So it, it was weird. And we played a, you know, a decent amount of games sure, together, yeah. too. Because so, um, I even got to do it in one game with Joey where I killed, I think, three walkers. With <laughs> yeah. it, and, I, and, and I had my own in play to put, like, I can't remember if it was two or three. It was um, thoroughly disgusting is what it was. Yeah. It was awesome to watch. And I saw a couple Narsets today. I saw at least two different Narsets in different games. Oof. I saw multiple yeah. Karns. <laughs> the new Karn. Um, oh, yeah, we did see, did see a game of yeah. Karn. Yeah, I saw Amanatu in a couple different decks as the commander. A couple different Wind Grace decks. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening there. So it's interesting to hear the different reports on Elder Spell. I feel as though I did see a lot more Planeswalkers than I expected now that I'm thinking about it. I'll tell you what, though, a card that I saw a whole lot of was Finale of Devastation. That card is... You just win the game. You... That card's oh. bonkers. Yeah, I mean, like, if your deck is remotely constructed to well, win... Right, right, you're just going to win. Like, yeah, that, I, that card ended games... Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I don't think there was a time it was cast that it didn't actually. What What was the phrase that you used when we were talking about it in our set review? It's not every day that a green sun zenith also kills everyone else, <laughs> right? It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a double crater hoof. Like you can yeah, you yeah. can green sun and get two crater hoops basically with it. it, it, it oh my gosh! Well, it's and it solves the problem with the crater hoof. Sometimes you have a situation where someone's already. You know, you've already used a crater hoof, or, or you've you've drawn it, and then mm-hmm, you've, you've got mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune, and it's in your graveyard, and you don't have that option. You it's, can just turn something into a crater hoof with that spell. Exactly. Yeah, or, or an overrun, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. It's it's so like yeah. I don't think there was a game that it resolved where it did not win the game. Yeah. Whether it was in an Elf Ball deck or Andrew's Grithoma deck. Dear that were, <laughs> Lord, that was a lot of damage. Considering the fact that, that was the first game he had played with it, and he just <laughs> ranched the entire table. Like, he had a Gigantosaur, whatever the 10-10 the for 5 green is. Yeah. He had that on, like, turn 3. He, he got that, he had Galta, and then also on top of all these 10-10s and 12 tilts, he was also like, oh, and I guess I also Finale of Devastation where X equals 24. Huh, this deck is pretty good. <laughs> but, but... It, against him, he let's not give him too much credit. He did have a far seek and a mono green deck. He did not. That was that was hubris. He also there was another grave he drew that and he was kind of like, huh. So we're gonna pretend this is a rampant growth. Nature's lore. This is not. Nice shot. That's my that's my best friend, guys. That's the type of magic we play. All right, so so that's an awkward moment. Were there any other like awkward moments that came up in games? Uh, when you mentioned the curiosity thing, for the example. curiosity, um, the fact that I didn't read Tasa very well the first few games that I played with her because I didn't realize that she triggered off of opponents' creatures as well. Yes, and Dana came, <laughs> Dana came up to me and he's like, "What what what are you doing? You're missing all these triggers." Like, what what are you talking about? I was like, "It says creatures. It did not just your creatures." I'm like, oh oh. <laughs> So, I've been doing this wrong because I had a Blood Artist, an Alenda, a Tesa, and uh, what was it, a Bone Carver? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're saying that you miss triggers with enemy creatures dying, I'm just with the no, cards I, you I gave. Thought, I thought it was Tesa, or I, I forgot it was Tesa that did it. So, I was just doing like one trigger, one trigger, one. And then I was like, oh, Alenda could be like a 2020 right now. So, today, I did not miss that. And I did have a 2020 <laughs> Alenda. And. Uh, I believe it was uh, Scott, one of our listeners, he's like, hey, don't attack me, I'll cruel edict you. I was like, oh, please, yes! So, <laughs> yeah. And I happen to have a Divine Visitation out, so I had 24-4s instead of 21-1s, and then That's... I lost to probably one of the most silly plays ever, it was uh, Puppets... Joy, was that red card where you flip a coin? It's a oh, red. Right. It's a yeah. red instant board wipe. That was absolutely a, bizarre. Yeah, you flip a coin. If it, if you lose the flip, it destroys all creatures with power two or less, I believe. And if you win the flip, it's three or greater. Yeah, puppets verdict one there red instant, and you flip the coin, and it's like a weird austere command kind of thing, but at instant speed in red. Instant what speed. What set is that out of? It was Mercadian masks. I okay, all right, there we go. It was, but and it, yeah, it was it was uh, Josh Swope. He was one of our listeners. Yeah, we were playing games with him, and he had a really fun Varchild deck. That yeah, Varchild. I really oh, Varchild would be amazing with that. Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. But so I attacked him, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna knock out two players, and then I'll leave Scott, and we'll do we'll duke it out later. Um, and he's like, um, no, flip a coin. <laughs> I was like, hold up, timeout. What is this card? He's instant speed potentially board wiping you is what it and is. And of course, That's amazing. of course it destroyed all my angels. So I was like, well, that we we tried. 
That is so super cool. Dana, you, any card misreadings or weird moments? Man, I'm trying to think if there was anything I saw. I mean, I'm sure I messed up plenty of things this weekend, and, and it's like, oh, I totally screwed that up, but I, nothing is jumping out what? at me. You, you weren't kidding when you were saying that, you know, I think this is also something you mentioned on your other podcast, too, but, like, later on in the night, you're like, oh, you know, I'm playing Glisser or something, but I'll just miss some triggers sometimes. Because, you know, it's just a little bit late, you know, brain's a little bit addled, been playing a lot of magic. I was just like, I don't know, in my head I'm like, oh, I don't know, I feel like I would never miss those triggers. And then I saw the deck, and I was like, oh, wow, there's stuff happening, like, that's happening everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. You are doing something at literally every stage of every moment of every single person's turn. No wonder there's the and potential of missed triggers. And it was like, it's like 11.30 at night, and I was, of course, missing a few of those triggers. Well, it's like, sure. uh, you're supposed to draw a card when this artifact hits <laughs> right. a graveyard, and then I'm supposed to get it back, and then I'm going to draw two cards on the next upkeep, but one card on my next turn. And it's just like, ah, it's like crazy making. I can't believe you play that commander. What, what we're saying, listeners, is we're not very good at this. <laughs> we're not terrible. We're awful. We, we, you should not be taking advice from us on any sort of playing skill level. So I would say well, one oh, yeah. thing I, I, I did notice that definitely jumped out at me because, number one, I did it a bunch of times, but I, I heard other people doing the, I really need to top deck a board wipe now. Yes, <laughs> I, that, that was the thing. Like a bunch of times, so maybe people need to put one or two more board wipes into their deck because that was something. And I myself was like, okay, let's see. I need a board wipe, so I didn't get one. I guess I'm just going to play this greater good. And I guess I'm going to blow this Berserk on a creature that isn't going to attack yes, so I can draw I that. 12 cards. And nope, that didn't hit it. So I guess I'll greater good this token that's only three power to draw three and pitch three. Is that a Blasphemous Act? Yes, it is. All right. We yeah. can. Dan, Dana, board, turn. Dana board wiped himself in order to find a board wipe. Yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, that's actually really funny. But it's also funny, too, when you find like the board wipe that maybe doesn't actually completely solve the situation. Or at least it does for, like, one part of your problem, then it creates another problem. A standout for me is that that happened in a game where someone was digging for exactly that, a blasphemous act, and cast it, dealing with all of the stuff that I had going on and totally devastating me. And meanwhile, the mono green player over on the other side of the table was like, um, I have vigor in play? And then got 13 plus one counters on all of the other creatures. So he kind of built his own finale of devastation yeah, over here. Right. Basically, yeah. So That's, at, at one point, I was so desperate for a board wipe, I was at two life, and I'm trying to figure out how to cast a painful truth for one. Because <laughs> I had a black man, I'm like, okay, I can make a colorless here. What's my other colorless sources? I'm like, Ancient Tomb. Well, that doesn't help me right now. No, so I'm like, okay, what can I do here to get one more colorless so I can cast Painful Truths for one and hope I get that Blasphemous Act? That is amazing. So kind of something that comes up, and maybe this is more of a thing for me since I tend to have a pretty insular play group. I've got a small group of friends that I play with, and I don't go too often out to shops regularly. So being at an event like this... A question that came up a whole lot was like, hey, what's the power level here? And that was something I realized I just kind of wasn't entirely prepared to answer. Like, my decks, I feel like, are pretty tuned, but I also wasn't sure, like, how to respond to that question. Did that ever come up for you guys as well? Well, Dana and I had a game where we sat down, and we, we've talked about it a couple times um, with kind of Wishboards, the new Karn. Um, uh, somebody played a Karn, and... Activated and he said, "Well, I'm just going to grab a card out of another deck." And and Dana handled it really well. I thought um, he just kind of said, "We, you know, like technically it is against the rules. I mean, the rules are as such. Like we don't really know about it. Like 
if maybe if you, like next game, if you want to play that, let us know like what you might be wishing for. Not to you know tell us. Yeah, not he to was give it away. he was fine with it too. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, that's, that's yeah, fine. It, it right because that rules change just happened. Yeah. I mean, for at first there was that thing like it has to be communicated before, but also it's you know right. it's a casual format. Maybe that's not the conversation that you open the game with when you're like trying to jam one in. But they did just yeah. change it where the wish board's not supposed to happen. Yeah, not not right? supposed to happen at all. It was kind of a clarification of the rules, but right. And I think, like I said, Dana offered a really good solution. Like maybe next game. If like you set aside a few cards that we can kind of like go over, make sure because nobody really wants to have a Mycosynthlatus Karn lock. That's not <laughs> right. not really a fun thing to have happen. So, but just dealing with strangers, Dana kind of navigated it really well. It's like you know it is against the rules. I mean, there's other things you can be doing with Karn. Let's let's find a solution for the next game when everybody sure. knows a little bit better and, and just communicated even during the game. Whereas on the other hand, we had a player who. I think it was this morning wanted to play a game with her Urza's headmaster exactly yeah as commander and huh. asked him hey do you guys mind I, I have an alternate commander I can use for this deck but do you mind if I play Urza mm-hmm. like, um sure why not we'll try that yeah yeah we were absolutely on board because that was hysterical but yeah. it was community it was asked ahead of time she had an alternate path if people didn't want to and I'm like, sure. yeah, sure, try it. Well, it's also nice to note, like, you know, in the middle of the game, it's not one of those upset moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe that you're breaking the rule. Like, right. no, that's not fun for everyone. And the point this year that we're having fun. I don't know, it was just kind of cool to see that, like, those situations were handled really well and that there was, like, all of this craziness happening. And it was also just cool for me because, like, I usually just play with, like, a select group of people. I, like, know my meta really well. And this was a bunch of different stuff, but it really... Very rarely, it seldom ever felt like I was like completely unmatched for whatever else was happening. No, it, it really yeah. felt like people were ready and prepared, and they didn't just know what good cards were. They knew which good cards were good in their deck too. Like they yes. understood the game on that front, and that's what made it so rewarding. And it felt like everyone was really evenly matched and having an awesome time. Everyone yeah. was on the same page ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, so that was and, really and I will boring. quick mention one, one thing with the Urza deck that she had, I will give her credit for it as well. She had the list of all the Urza possible abilities <laughs> already yeah. printed out, like on a sheet ready to go. <laughs> like rolls a d20 yeah. to pick one, yeah. So you didn't have to look anything up, it was just right there. Like if you're going to let me play with my weird commander, I've got everything conveniently located here. Did, did some homework is that's what perfect, you're saying. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want to do if you're going to ask people to do that. Yeah, yeah that was phenomenal. Well, I mean, that part was very upfront, but that was a dastardly devious deck, so... Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's a good cover. It's a good it's, con, right, really. Right. If you're going to do that, you should be prepared if you're going to like start destroying everyone with Urza. Yeah, she yeah. was sneaky. That was awesome. Yeah. No, but I, th- I think another thing, too, that was really cool to have happen... I know Dana got... you Like you said, you got stuck in a couple five-player games, kind of drug on a little bit. One thing that I thought was kind of cool... I mean, I, I guess you can say I'm reveling in our very sea level celebrity in a sea level <laughs> right 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 um, but I mean people were coming up to us and you know they, they recognized all three of us I mean by our voices which like we said was jarring a little bit yeah. very fun though but people want to come up and play with us uh, which we already had a four player games um, and one thing I'm pretty sure I saw both of you doing was well I, I'm not really wanting to play a five player game but you can take my spot and we got people plugged in with other people. Yeah, so right. we, we were creating pods a little bit and just watching people get, you know, introduced to people they had never seen before and may never see before, but, like, they were having good times because there were a couple times um, Friday night we had a listener come up that was playing games with us. Actually, it was the one that I told I wasn't playing Curiosity. Um, <laughs> the one you lied to. The one you lied to. I, I, unknowingly. It was a mistake. <laughs> but uh, we played we played with some games on last night. Um, we were playing. He came up to us this morning and wanted to play games, and, and somebody gave him a spot. 
And so he started playing games and then came back to them today and was playing games with them this morning and this afternoon. So it was, it was cool that we introduced him to somebody last night and then they you know they came back together the together today uh, and played more games. Like we were just yeah. we were kind of facilitating that because I mean we had the entire back corner by, by the concession well, stand. Yeah. It started out with like four of us playing, and someone would come up, and by the time we left tonight, there was forty to sixty people there that that we had played with most of at some point that had then moved on to play in a pod with somebody else that we had also played with. Yeah, yeah. And the group just expanded and expanded and expanded. That was. Mind blowing. Yeah, this community is awesome. Yes, it is. This community is great. Yeah, be, just being able to, to watch that grow throughout the day yes. and just kind of amoeba out like that. That was very cool. That's probably a weird way to put it, but I mean, it, it did. It, right. yeah, like we, we slowly grew and picked up people. And Matt Morgan just turned the word amoeba into a verb. Right. Everyone, <laughs> but but almost, and a compliment, but, not even a verb. <laughs> but everyone had a good attitude. Everyone was yes. like upbeat and polite, and it was just a great experience that was super positive on almost every way. Yeah. yeah, despite like some maybe some of the awkward moments, the, there like you said, the people, the the community, like every player out there had a great attitude. I don't think we, I didn't come across any no, bad apples. No, well that's just it. Uh, For every one awkward moment, there were fifty amazing ones. Yes. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and I said even the awkward ones, even the guy with the current situation was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, we, yeah. we he, yeah. he just was fine with it. Then. Over in point three seconds. Yeah, right. exactly. So okay, we've talked about a lot of games and a lot of really fun moments. But what is, like, the one deck that jumped out at you? Like, the one thing that you're going to go back home after the Magic Fest and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that deck was sweet. What is the one that really stood out to you from all the games that you played? I mean, I would say Josh um, had a general, or a was general commander, whatever, Varchild deck, the mono red jo- Varchild. Josh Swope's general Varchild yes. deck. Um, Macon Survivors. Macon Var- Survivors. When the Varchild leaves, gets all the survivors back. Right, but instead of survivor tokens, he had little plastic, like, baby dolls. I'm sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> little tiny, like, thumbnail-sized baby dolls. From As tokens? Like, 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 those are like, the tokens. Like, the kind that you, like, you get it, you put a quarter in the machine outside yeah. the Walmart, yeah. <laughs> and you turn it a little, little, little toy ball, and you open it up, and there's a little plastic doll in there. He had a bucket full of <laughs> yeah, those. yeah, yeah. And he was just reaching, here's six, here's six for you, and here's a few for you too. Well, so, I, can't, I can't remember wow. who said it, and then at some point somebody <laughs> had to sacrifice one to something, and it's like, and they're like, well, I guess it's time to sacrifice the baby. <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice a baby on the Phyrexian altar to yeah. summon a demon. Oh. oh man, are we really playing magic, or are we this actually ritualists? Took, took a turn, guys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I would okay. say I, I really enjoyed seeing Andrew Cummings. He had a was it his Grenzo Mono Red Grenzo deck. Or no, it wasn't Grenzo. It, it was, was Mono Green Grothama. Um, no, he no, he had the red, um, the the Onaki Ancient. Oh, Kurkash. Oh um, yeah, that that was. And it oh. didn't quite kick off, but it was so bizarre to watch him just making all the colorless mana in the world. Yes, he couldn't top deck like the Fireball he needed or whatever. But the way that deck works and you, the way you can copy those activated abilities, and he's just running giant artifacts and proliferate effects and ways to charge counter trials. move charge counters around on different things. Wow, with Kirkesh, I can barely remember that one. But so that we'll, does sound fascinating. So when you, I put an artifact oh. ability, you can copy that ability. With the right, right. So yeah, he's so he's playing like core tapper to put a charge counter on an artifact and, and then the he's charge copying counters. it with Kirkesh. I, f- I feel like that's one of those commanders where folks kind of look at it and they're like, oh, well, why would I build Kirkesh when with artifacts I could do monorets stuff with the ready, or with artifacts I could just do Brea or something like that? Andrew's very much the type to be like, well, I'll show you why. Yeah, yes. no, it was really, it was a really unique 
weird, cool decks that I love to see. And then I thought, I'm like, okay, could I do that? And I, I wouldn't, I don't want to because it would be a copy of his super cool mini deck. <laughs> um, but I just love that he found this super narrow thing and did it with Karkash. I tell you great. what, I love that he finally found a Grothama. That was something he'd been searching for. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He, he sent me on a wild goose hunt because uh, somebody told him, oh, there's a foil Grothama over there. I, but that's the only one we've seen in the whole building. And he looks at me and he's like, hey, I'm playing a game and you're not. Can, can you go grab that for me? <laughs> so me trying to be a good friend, 20 minutes later, I'm like, I don't see any Grothama at any of these stands. <laughs> there's no foils. There's no non-foils. I don't know what they're talking about. And I come back and there's a Grothama in a sleeve for him already. He's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone else up to <laughs> find it. You're killing me, guys. He really, really wanted the Grothama. He's he really helped did. many people to help him with this <laughs> well, task. That was a sick deck, too. Grothama works in ways that I just did not understand. Like, it isn't just when Grothama, like, dies. It's actually, it leaves the battlefield thing. So he would, like, bounce it back to his hand with Team or Sabertooth after he himself did only four damage to it. And then he would draw only four cards and he would replay the Grothama. And then it would have haste and then it would eat me. And that was a problem. Like, a really big problem. I was eaten by Grothama far too many times for my taste this weekend. But something I really liked, I think, Matt, it was your buddy Brian. He, that dude was, like, the human equivalent of the keyword trample. Yes. Like, he just hits like a truck. Him especially, he was playing, I think it was a Gisela deck. <laughs> and someone else had a Windborn Muse out, and this was amazing. <laughs> because, like, my tactic when I see a Windborn Muse is like, oh, I've got to get rid of the Windborn Muse, otherwise I can't really attack very efficiently. And nope. Brian, Brian is not that. He's like, oh, I don't really need to kill the Windborn Muse. I'll just pay the 8 and attack you, you take 60. Like, <laughs> yes. I loved that. That was so... I was just like, oh, yeah, that's a very straightforward. He just... He hits like a truck, and it was wonderful. I'm like, ooh, my dastardly plans. And he's like, nah, that, no, I'm just going to hit you. It's and the that's magic, how it works. It's the magic equivalent of how NASA spent a million dollars figuring out how to make a pen right upside down, and the Soviet Union just gave them a pencil. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, 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 he's that's, the equivalent of that if there's, if there's anybody that loves the combat step more than me, it's Brian. Like, <laughs> he has a Saskia deck. He has a Gisela deck. He has an Elf Ball deck. Like Everything wins through combat damage. There is no fussing around with Brian. He's just... Actually, it's funny because we have Triumph of the Hordes. His last name is Bridgeford, and he says it's the triumph, triumph of the Bridge Lord because he just <laughs> likes to troll people. And it's, wow. that is his favorite card ever. And yes, his decks are as subtle as a kick in the teeth. <laughs> what about, so we talked about like some listener decks or some friends decks that we saw, but what about each other's? Was the, did like When we played against each other, was there a favorite deck? Because like, we played... So many games together. We've probably seen everything I, I, else that the so, others have so to I'll offer. So I'll note this one. Your Mimeoplasm deck, especially. Yeah. Mimeoplasm is annoying. And I've seen annoying <laughs> Mimeoplasm decks before. And you dropped... What's the what's that? The artifact that you put in Mimeoplasm right away? Where you Mesmeric know, Orb. Mesmeric Orb. And, and, where everyone and mills when they untap. Stuff starts coming like, oh god, this is not good right now. We are all dead in two turns. And, I, and just seeing all the pieces getting milled out, but like seeing what your plan was, mm -hmm. that's a really, really efficient Mimeoplasm deck. Thank and you. And I could see, I'm just looking at it, I'm like, we're just going to lose. Like, if you if, if I let off for a second, <laughs> I'm going to lose this game. And the only reason you didn't win that is I pulled the perfect piece to deal with you which was Parallax, uh, Parallax Wave. Oh, yeah. You, like, blanked my stuff. So I could exile Mimeoplasm, whatever I needed to, at the very yeah. end to get the last little bit of damage through on you. Yeah, well, and that's actually, that kind of segues me into, I think that was the same <laughs> game that we played where Matt was on his Valduk deck, which is probably my favorite, because dude was doing, like, 
18 damage on turn 5. That deck is so aggro. It's it's very fast. I was not prepared. That's that, probably my favorite. That game, map. I had a turn 0 Tormod's Crypt because I Yeah, I that kept, didn't help. I kept a one land, but I had Tormod's Crypt, and I knew Joey was playing Mimeoplasm. <laughs> so, well, of course, I'm oh, going to keep it. The 0 mana card that can exile his graveyard whenever I want? Yeah, I think I'll keep that. And what, what I like about Matt's Valduck deck is a lot of times with a red aggro deck, whether it's Krenko especially... If that deck, if, if you hit that first board wipe on turn four or five, that deck can't really rebuild. Yeah. Valduck rebuilds because oh, you're, yeah. you're mostly just playing equipment and Valduck. He's yes. doing all the work. So that first board wipe comes down and you just replay him and reattach yeah. that equipment, you know, some of which costs no mana to reattach. Some of it, yeah. And when there's four more elementals out immediately, even if he can't attack that turn. The sure. elementals have the haste, yeah. And the elementals have haste. It rebuilds in a way that most red aggro decks can't rebuild. I told you guys. Valduck's no, that's in. real. That is <laughs> absolutely real. real. Like Hero's Blade is the MVP, and I, I think I think there was only one game I played with Valduck that I didn't see Hero's yeah, Blade, yeah. and that a free equip is just great. Yeah, Hero's Blade apparently also has partner in addition to the Perforos right, that yes, you always perforous. saw in your Valduck. Re- but really, I mean, really, I was just drawing eight card hands, nine card right, hands well, for openers, and that and does like, help if you huh. can do that. Yeah, uh, if you can the cheat. Yes. Wow! Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. Um, but no, as far as my favorite deck for the weekend, uh, seeing Feather in action. I, mean, granted, cool. I, cool. I knew the exact deck list, but it was gratifying. Dan, yeah. I don't know if you were in part of this game, but um, what card was it, Joey, that you said? The one where you get, kind of give it prowess. Who told you about that card? Oh, <laughs> oh the Leering Emblem yeah. or the Monastery Mentor? Because I think I stole both of those from your yes. brother. Oh, well, that's Welch. fine. I, I, I'll take credit for two cards. That's fine. Yeah, um, yeah Leering Emblem, what, like, I thought that was one of the most fun cards in my brew off when we did the Feather Battle of the Brews, whatever we want to call it. Um, so seeing Joey play it, I was like, "Huh, yeah, that's that, that's fine." I, yeah, I, 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 I may have lifted that from your deck list, and it may have helped me kill you just 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 yes. like a little bit. <laughs> yes, just like a little bit. That was really after great. I gave you like seventeen treasure tokens from Smothering Tithe because I had Monastery Mentor and yeah. So Dana, for yours, I loved that Vela deck so much. Well, yes, well, just because it's so inventive and like when I wrote the Commander Showdown. On, I think I had done like a Eureka versus Vela because a lot of folks were using both of those for ninjas and I just wanted to like sort of compare. The takeaway that I did was actually like steer people in the direction that you took Vela, which is as that artifacts deck because she gives all of your stuff Intimidate and then artifacts are nearly unblockable. And you just did work with that ability, especially whenever you busted out one of the many Tezzerets and they just ate people alive. Right, because then I can turn all the mana rocks into additional artifact creatures. Right. Out of the, the deck does a really good job of killing people out of the blue. When they're like, okay, there's two artifact creatures out, and Vela, who cares? And then all of a sudden, then all those rocks turn into artifact creatures, and the whole swarm is coming through. It's a really fun deck. It's not great by any stretch of imagination, but it wins enough, and it's a lot of fun to play. Oh, what, what was my... Uh, I think I wrote this phrase down. It was so hilarious. The phrase that you used when describing it. The price of the cards in this deck is not commiserate to its power level. <laughs> that is definitely true. There's an underground sea in that deck. There's a transmute artifact. It is not nearly as strong as you would think if I opened underground sea and turned to a transmute artifact. Yeah. That was a very, very fun time. Well, dudes, this was so much fun. I had so many fun moments over this weekend and probably one of the best revelations is that our chemistry doesn't suck when we're recording in person it's it's very nice to know that we've actually you know we do in fact get along you know i wasn't worried about that necessarily because <laughs> we've gotten to get along great on the air however 
it's nice to have some confirmation that when we get together in person, yes, it is just as much fun. And yeah. that Matt is not three raccoons in a trench coat. No. He's not. He is not. You can't. You can't give a big old bear hug to three raccoons in a, tr- in a trench coat. I did. I did appreciate that too. That both you guys are huggers. I'm. I. I gave you guys fair warning. Yeah. I, I'm a hugger. I, it, it's bringing in for the real thing. No handshakes. Well, Dana, you knew that I was a hugger. I'm a group hugger, even no. though you don't like that archetype. Oh. <laughs> and on Dang that it. note, I think we're going to call this episode to a close. I'd like to thank my co-host so much for joining me in the real life. And if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with us, where can they find you all, Matt? All I know is Joey's walking to the airport by himself for that <laughs> one. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Mathemus55, M-A-T-H-I-M-U-S-5-5. And Dana. You can find me on Twitter at Dana Roach. And I'm on my other podcast, CMDR Central. And I'm Joey Schultz. You can find me at Joseph M. Schultz on Twitter. Special thanks to our editor for the show, Ken Peddle, also known as Kenish Norn. You can follow him on Twitter at Loader. That's L-O-A-D-3-R. You can follow EDHREC and the cast on Facebook and Twitter. And you can contact us at EDHRECcast at gmail.com. Plus, you can find us on iTunes, and if you do, please consider leaving us a review to help other folks find the podcast, too. This cast is posted every week on EDHREC's Community Content Spotlight section, where we feature as many other content creators as we can, from Command Zone to Commander's Brew to Commander Versus, not to mention new articles published every day by our own fantastic team of writers. Thanks again to everyone who came out and played games with us at Magic Fest Kansas City. It was a total blast, and we'll be back at you next week with more data and insights. But until then, remember, EDH wreck your deck before you wreck your deck. What's, what's really fun about all this too is like Dan and I like we have to go to bed because like we're just old and tired. Joey's <laughs> Dana has curfew, not Dana, but Joey, Joey has curfew. curfew. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's there's, okay. there's the age joke. Well, technically, right, and technically, actually, since he's across state lines, that's a federal felony. Woo.